Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful biblically based messages live down the This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live on the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's program, we will discuss the subject, the Godhead. We will be studying what the Bible teaches upon this topic. More about our subject after we've had some music.
the Godhead. We will discuss this subject tonight with answers from the Bible. Have a pen and a paper ready to write down some notes. Tonight we will be discussing these questions together. When does the Bible first mention the word Godhead? What does the Bible teach about the Father being God? What does the Bible teach about the Word being God? What does the Bible teach about the Holy Ghost being God? And why is a correct understanding of the Godhead important to Christians today? So before we start our subject this evening, let us have a word of prayer together, listeners. Heavenly Father, thank you for voicing the wilderness, internet radio, streaming live on the internet from London. I pray, Lord, that as we study your word, I ask for your Holy Spirit to be of us and to teach us and to help us to understand your words of truth is our prayer. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, when does the Bible first mention the word Godhead? We read in the book of Acts, chapter 17 and verse 29. For as much then, as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. The word Godhead is first mentioned in the book of Acts. Here the Apostle Paul explains that men are the offspring of or children of God. This being the case, the Godhead is not like unto gold or silver or stone idols made by men. We read in the book of Romans chapter 1 and verses 20 to 27, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse, because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Let us break these scriptures down. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 explains that the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. 
Romans chapter 1 verses 21 to 20 Romans chapter 1 sorry verses 21 to 23 explains that the ungodly and unrighteous men see verse 18 who held the truth in unrighteousness they had known God but glorified him not as God nor were thankful they became vain in their imaginations or thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened they professed to be wise but became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image like man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And so the scriptures declare that men who originally knew God rebelled against him and turned his glory like that unto man. They represented God not as pure but as corruptible men and animals and insects. Men worship the creature and not the creator. And so we can see where all the idolatry that exists in this world comes from. It has come from men who once knew God, but who rebelled against him, and who made their own gods. The gods that these men made represented their own corruptible selves. We also read in the book of Romans chapter 1 and verses 26 to 28, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men work in that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient. The Bible makes it plain why we have homosexuality and lesbianism in this world. By worshipping the creature instead of worshipping their creator, men and women became unnatural in their desires and lusted after the same sex as themselves. The Bible explains clearly that when men do this, they receive in themselves the recompense or consequence of their error that consequence being the diseases that come as a result of their lifestyle. We also read in the book of Romans chapter 1 and verses 29 to 32, being filled of all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, bolsters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. The Bible makes plain what happens when men who once knew God make idols and gods that represent themselves. By not retaining God in their knowledge, they degenerate morally and become evil and have pleasure in those who do the same evil things as themselves. But the character and power of God are revealed by the works of his hands. In the natural world are to be seen evidences of God's love and goodness. These tokens are given to call attention from nature to nature's God, that his eternal power and Godhead may be understood. 
We read in the book of 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Here the Bible explains that there are three who bear record in heaven. To bear record is a legal term. They are the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. They stand at the head of the government of God. They are not three persons who come out of one person, or two persons and one spirit, but three separate persons who are united as one as they rule the universe. They are eternal, infinitely powerful, pure and loving and good. They are the Godhead. We will now study not what men teach, but what the Bible teaches about each person of the Godhead. Let us humble ourselves, listeners, and let Christ declare the truth through his word. Now what does the Bible teach about the Father being God? We read in the book of John chapter 20 and verse 17, Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and your God. Jesus called his Father God, and made it known to his disciples that his Father was their God. We read in the book of John chapter 5 and verse 37, And the Father himself, which have sent me, have borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. The Lord Jesus Christ made it plain to the Jews that God the Father is a person who has a voice and a shape. We read in the book of John chapter 10 and verses 30 to 33. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones against again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus made it plain that he and his Father are one. He could only say this if he was equal with the Father as God. Because he was, he had every right to declare himself as being equal with God. But the Jews did not want to believe that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. They accused him of blasphemy. They refused to acknowledge him as the Son of God. We read in the book of John chapter 8 and verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. We also read in the book of Matthew, chapter 5 and verse 16. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. God the Father is in heaven. As his life shined out of Jesus Christ, when Christ carried out his mission upon this earth, so Jesus' life is to shine out of his people also.
the light of God's love received into the heart and worked out in self-sacrificing service for the good of others glorifies God the Father. Then God's original purpose for mankind, which has been obscured by sin and disobedience to his law, is once more restored. We will have a short break for some music. Some want a crown, but they won't bear their cross, cause it takes everything to serve the Lord. Some want bright mansions, but they won't pay the cost, cause it takes everything to serve the Lord It takes your hands and your head and your heart Yes, it takes your all It takes everything to serve the Lord It takes your time and your means and your prayers lest you fall It takes everything to serve the Lord Somewhere his name While they still live in shame But it takes everything To serve the Lord They want to be seen But they don't want to be clean but it takes everything to serve the Lord. It takes your hands and your head and your heart. Yes, it takes your all. It takes full surrender to serve the Lord. It takes your time and your means and your prayers are lest you fall, it takes everything, everything, child, to serve the Lord. What does the Bible teach about the Word being God? We read in the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1, 3 to 4, 14, and 17. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ is the word of God. It teaches us that from the beginning, he was a separate person with God. This is made clear because the Bible states that before Jesus Christ was made flesh, 
he was with God and was God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The Bible then clearly states that Jesus Christ, the Creator, was made flesh, dwelt among his disciples, and that he was full of grace and truth. We read in the book of Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Thus, the Apostle John was only making clearer that which was foretold by the prophet Isaiah about the coming Messiah. The child that was to be born into the world was to be called the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Jesus, being God made flesh and our Creator, even though he was a child, was to be called the Mighty God and the Everlasting Father. He was given to humanity as a gift. Yes, listeners, you have read right and heard me right this evening. God, in the person of Jesus Christ, was given to you and I as a gift. The eternal, loving God, who created us and has eternal power, he died for us and gave himself for us so that we can receive his life and live with him and share his love together with us eternally. We read in the book of Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Matthew in his gospel makes it plain that the child who was born by the virgin was to be called by the name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Here we have another scripture giving testimony that Jesus, even as a child, was to be called God. It was not the human child that was divine, but the God that was in the child that was divine. Let us be clear about this. It is and will always be a mystery how the eternal God, the Word of God, who we now also call Jesus Christ, had taken on a human body. We read the book of John chapter 10 and verses 17 to 18. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Only the eternal God could lay down his life and take it again. Jesus had life, original, unborrowed, and underived in himself. We read in the book of Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. After he was resurrected, 
sending a message to his church through the Apostle John, Jesus again declared that he was the Almighty God that always has been, is, and always will be. He confirmed his eternal love and power to his people. We also read in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8, But unto the Son he saith, This is God the Father, Thy throne, O God, is for ever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. God the Father himself confirms that Jesus shares his throne in heaven and that Jesus is your mighty God. Jesus, the Word of God, rules the universe alongside the two other mighty persons of the Godhead. We will now learn about the Holy Ghost. We read in the book of Acts chapter 5 and verses 3 to 4. But Peter said, Ananias, why have Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Ghost is God. When Ananias lied to the Holy Ghost, he lied not unto men, but unto God. We read in the book of John chapter 16 and verses 13 to 14. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. Listeners, take note of this point seriously here. Jesus states seven times in this verse that the Spirit of Truth is a person. One, he the Spirit of Truth. Two, he will guide you into all truth. Three, he shall not speak. Four, of himself. Five, he shall hear. 6. That shall he speak. 7. He will show you things to come. The Bible makes it clear that the Holy Ghost is a divine person. He is not just a force or an energy as some people have thought. The Holy Ghost is also called the Spirit of Truth. He is also called the Holy Spirit. He is the one who inspired the prophets to write what Jesus Christ the Word of God has to testify to his churches. And so, listeners, the Bible teaches clearly that the Holy Ghost is God and that he is a person. All the scriptures that we have shared about the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost give clear evidence that 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7 was in the original Bible, the received text handed down by the apostles. This verse was not added later, as some Bible critics teach, for the Bible itself explains through many scripture references that three separate divine beings, that three separate divine beings, sorry, are united in the office of the Godhead. We read once again the book of 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. 
Now, why is a correct understanding of the Godhead vital to Christians today? We read in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 to 7. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, have shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The Bible makes it clear that Satan is seeking to blind our minds through unbelief in order that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should not shine into our hearts. He is seeking to blind our minds so that we cannot learn about the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If we do not accept what Jesus has to say about God and his self-sacrifice in love, as written in his word, then our view of God becomes dim. The Apostle Paul has written to us to let us know that the true knowledge of God brings excellency of power into our earthen vessels. This lets us know that knowing God brings divine power into the life of the human being. This divine knowledge, when accepted, saves the human being from sin, for a knowledge of the true God is a knowledge of his true love and power, which, when practically lived out in the life, gives the individual power to gain victory over evil. To explain more about this, we will let the late pastor Reginald Wright explain to us why Jesus had to die and why correct knowledge of the Godhead is important. Look at verse 9 of Daniel 7. The Bible says, And I beheld two thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garments was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Now, I want to stop there. God the Father dwells in burning light that we cannot approach. Remember we talked last night about the covering cherubs, how it was their job to cover the actual glory of the Father in, on his throne. Now, God the Father is a constant reminder of God's transcending glory. If God the Father came to this world, this world would be wiped out by his glory. Because when Jesus comes a second time, he comes in the glory of the Father. We talked about that in, um, last night also in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. He comes in now in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse um, 7 to 10. It tells us that that glory destroys the wicked. So therefore, God the Father stands for the transcending glory of God. I don't think it was possible for him to tone down himself and come down to die for this planet. Because God the Father, his constancy consistently stands for a character and an attribute of God that has to be consistent throughout all time. It must always be seen 
that God the Father is transcending, bright and glorious. Listen, Lucifer never did challenge God the Father because he knew that he could not have a foot or a leg to stand upon. He's challenged Jesus because Jesus' role was different. Now, if the Father couldn't come down, what about the Holy Spirit? Could the Holy Spirit have come down to dwell and die for us on the cross? What do you think about that? What is the work of the Holy Spirit? Okay, turn with me to Psalm 139. First thing I'll tell you about the Holy Spirit. One thing we need to know is that the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. And that word omnipresent means that he could be anywhere, in any place, at any time. That means he could be here with us today. He could be in Washington, he could be in Moscow, he could be in Kabul, he could be in London at the same time. And by the way, he's still a being. He's not a force field. He is a being. So the Holy Spirit's role is to be omnipresent because his ministry is an omnipresent ministry. So therefore, if the Holy Spirit took on flesh and died, then he couldn't do his work. And his work is not just restricted to planets that have fallen into sin, neither. The Holy Spirit's work is intergalactic and universal. Look at this text here now, in Psalms 139 verse 7. The Bible says, Whether shall I go from thy spirit, or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. So that tells us that the Holy Spirit could be anywhere and everywhere. He's omnipresent. And the work of the Holy Spirit, when you look at John chapter 14, 15, and 16, his work is, he's a comforter. That's one of his works. He's also the Holy Spirit, who is the being who sanctifies you, by the way. Look at John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And he goes on to further breaks down what these, how he does these, um, um, how he reproves the world. So therefore, the Holy Spirit's got a ministry that is to do with personal communication with beings. Very important. Not just beings in this world, because other worlds need to know about the truth of God as well. So therefore, the Holy Spirit could not take upon himself flesh and die for us and then be ever an intercessor in the sanctuary as a human being because he won't be able to do his work. So then when we look at the Godhead, there's only one being left. And who's that being? Jesus Christ. Listeners, we're going to have to break some music and then come back with some closing thoughts.
Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who could have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, he rescued the souls of men Counselor Comforter Keeper Spirit we long to embrace You offer hope when our hearts have hopelessly lost the way lost the way you are the one that we praise you are the one we adore you give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for always hunger infinite Father, faithfully loving your own. Here in our weakness you find us falling before your throne. Oh, we're falling before your throne. The one that we praise, you are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace, our hearts always hunger for. Oh, our hearts always hunger. the one that we praise you are the one we adore you give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for oh our hearts always hunger
Listeners, hear me now this evening. Any person that denies that Jesus Christ is God, manifest in the flesh, and or who denies that the Holy Ghost is a person, is calling God a liar. By believing in and teaching these things, they are making out that the testimony that God gives of himself is not true. By denying what God says, a person is denying the right to live, as they are denying the being who gives them their present existence. We cannot claim to love God and to keep his commandments, but then at the same time reject what he has to say. This is rebelling against the government of God, as Satan is. We must accept by faith all that which Christ has revealed to us in his word. Only then can we receive the fullness of the blessings of the salvation that he offers. I respectfully say to all that that which we do not understand we are to be silent about. We must, listeners, learn to respect God. Let us pray to close. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, Lord, and I do pray that all who have listened to this message this evening will take your word by faith as it reads. Who are we as human beings, finite, sinful, human beings with finite minds, with such a limited understanding compared to yours, eternal God, infinitely higher, infinitely more wise, infinitely more powerful. Who are we to think that we can work you out to ourselves, Lord? Who are we to even to, to have second thoughts about the truth of your word? I do pray for all who are still refusing to accept what you have stated in your word about the Godhead, I pray, Lord, that they would humble themselves and repent. We've got so much to thank you for. Life and all that you provide in this life to sustain us. Who are we to deny you, Lord, and all that you testify in your word? I pray, Lord, that we would have more respect unto you and after we've studied this subject this evening and have looked into it more ourselves, bow down to you with reverence and awe as your mighty God who has eternal love and power, who has stooped down so low to take on the form of a human being. A, and I say this, dirty, stinking frame in order that it can be lifted up to your throne. I say once again, listeners, let us have respect unto our God. So, Lord, we humbly bow to you and ask for forgiveness of our sins and to be cleansed from all iniquity 
and to stand before you in awe in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org or you can send a text message to 07944062786. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address and we will send you a tract called The Godhead. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, go to the ebook section then find the title Bible Readings for the Home. At chapters 11 and 37, you'll find the subjects, the divinity of Christ and the Holy Spirit. These sections will give you more information about today's topic. You can also listen to and download our radio show podcasts at https colon forward slash forward slash voice dash in, that's I for India, N for November, dash Z or the T-H-E dash wilderness dot podcast page dot I or forward slash. If you would like to support Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, then please send your donation to our website at vitwradio.org. Click on the page called About Us and you can donate to us there. Well, that's it for tonight's show, listeners. Thank you for joining us and good night and God bless. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live and This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.